You're now listening to Agency, brought to you by the Blueprint Training Podcast Network. SEO isn't always right for everybody. Like whatever service you have, you're like, you listen to this podcast, you run a design agency, you run a marketing agency. There's people that are too early, right? And those are those are fine. Like I run into those a lot where I'm talking to a C whenever I see a CEO or a founder fills out my form and I'm like, I'll immediately check on their LinkedIn and be like, do they have marketers there? And sometimes they don't. And they're like, look, like, love you. And I'm like, yeah, you guys are great too. But like, this isn't right yet. I'm just going to end up giving you a ton of work. And as the founder, that's not what you should be focused on. So let me help you hire somebody. Like I have a marketing community, right? Just thinking about like, how do I put things in place to continue supporting these people? And I said, like, you can do stuff like that where you just put more of that value out into the world. I remember reading in uh, Ogilvy on advertising that the, he said the number one thing that kills agencies or causes churn in employees is bad-tempered clients. So fire your bad-tempered clients. I saw that a lot at a previous agency where the CEO was very like good at sales and he would come in and close these deals and then they'd hand them off to you. And it was just like... The handoff was a, it was a rough nightmare, right? And things like that, I think, are real problematic. Whenever somebody asks me, like, hey, could you do this for 20% less? I'll just look at them straight face and just say, I could do it for 20%. Like, you know, like Alex was like, people always ask me, could you do that for less? And he's like, I just look at him and say, I could do it for more. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, you're probably right. Type, like, you probably could charge 20% more. What type of response do you usually get from people when you say that? Anytime somebody's asking for a discount, like now we can circle back to like red flags. That's probably not a fit. Like if they're coming yeah. in and they just want to like, or I'll have people that are like, Hey, you know, you're going to have to talk to my COO. They're going to want to try to beat you up on price a little bit. That's cool. Like I'm happy to rework the scope, but if you want to yeah. pay less, we're going to do wait. We're going to do a like percentage above that less work. So, yeah, and then it might not even get you where you want to go. So are we even going to meet our, like there's a whole level of salesmanship. That like, I think, yeah. you know, understanding like how to run sales calls and stuff that you need to run through there. But like, it's kind of one of my red flags. If they're, if they're asking about how to like, what are the opt out clauses? Like, what if we want to cancel? How long do we have to like, what are the, they're immediately asking, like, how do we get out of the deal? Red flag for me from having run sales calls for so long. And even still like doing a lot of that, like, tell me, tell me like, what is something they would say to you where you would be like, this isn't going to work out. Yeah, any any negotiation over price, you know, I, I asked you because I think that was, a, that was a, a good response for people who ask for a discounted price. Like if, if you ask for a discounted price, it's it's just an immediate no. It's just, it's the same thing. It's like, what if I ask you for a 20% discount on your service or your product? You know, like our, our pricing is not arbitrary. <laughs> our pricing is intentional. You know, we have costs, we have margins, and this is what it costs. If you, Again, if you want us to strip down scope, we will happily do that, but you're not going to get the, you're not going to meet the expectations that you come to us with. You know, this is what it costs. And it's that cost for a reason. So to me, it's, it's really pricing. The other things are red flags. It's not so much the things that they say. It's just where they are as a business. Do they have the right resources internally to execute what we're going to tell them to do? If not, are they willing to hire? You know, something that I'm, that I'm insisting with, they have to be kind of in the right mindset and the right mentality. We're not a lead generation company. If you're measuring us based on the leads, this is not what we do. <laughs> their expectations are so far off and their education level is, and I'm not talking about like knowing what SEO is. I'm talking about like really knowing what the role of what we're doing here is and how much it's really going to cost and how much they have to invest and how much patience they have to have and how much they have to work with us to really get to where it needs to go. Like at the end of the day, we're an agency, dude. We're not part of your company. Like we're just finding out about your product and service now. It's going to take us a while to really understand the messaging, understand the audience. Basically, if you want to work with us, you got to take a hundred grand and set it on fire. That's just 
period. You know, like that, that a hundred grand is an investment into the business, just like you invest in anything else. Like you invest in a building or you invest in people or you invest in a logo or a website. Like we're going to make you more money, but it's not a direct one-to-one correlation. And that to me is so much of where marketing is going. You know, it, it just, it, even because we've done straight lead gen campaigns for people and what comes back is leads that are not qualified to be sold on. So we've kind of had to get away from that a little bit because we can generate leads with ads. It's not hard, but generating leads that are actually going to convert business and not simultaneously waste your sales team's time chasing down like, Hey, you downloaded this. Like, do you want it? Like there, there, there yeah. needs to be a significant amount of just, uh, of, of work that goes in before that. And that's actually why you see he's doing a lot of stuff at blueprint. Now, like we're doing this podcast for that reason on YouTube and on LinkedIn, you know, we're pushing stuff under the blueprint, not under my personal stuff anymore. And I'm getting other people involved and we're investing a lot. We like tripled our marketing spend basically here just to put it out to content. And we're just looking at reach of content because that's the first step in generating more leads. And a lot of people will be like, oh, those are fluff metrics. Like, yeah, they are fluff metrics. They don't, they don't mean dollars and cents, but we're not stopping here. Like this is just the first part in understanding what's working so we can scale up, scale down, change messaging, create more, create less, all these different things. We're going through this, a transitionary period in the blueprint where we're trying to rely much more on content as a mechanism, as opposed to just direct response to ads. There's too much cyclical ups and downs that just can crush the business. <laughs> we can't just like rely on ads because they come in waves. So we have to build this out as a baseline to just build reach and awareness in the market. And then as to your point, use ads to capture that as opposed to just trying to create it because it could become a means to an end if we're just doing that. The disconnect that we're starting to see now with marketing and sales and just all this different stuff is that the internet tracking is broken. There is no attribution model that works. This isn't just Facebook too. This is just internet. Like cookies are going away. Remarketing is less effective. We're not really able to track people across. We're moving back to this system where it's like, you put up a billboard and you just wait for sales to go up. That's kind of what we're getting back to. You have to have so much faith and you have to have so much conviction in that and so much commitment too. that. Like I have to do this for a year, every single day, nonstop. This has to be somebody's full attention and it's going to take us a year to even get to the conversation where we can start to see if this is working to start to see if this is, if this is measurable and trackable, but that's what it takes. And that's why it still works. And because the things that we know work get exploited and crushed and killed in a matter of months nowadays. The content strategies need to move away from just blogging because it's just not, it's, it's not effective anymore. It's just not what it was in that industry because like there's so much money in that space that what happened was, oh, we found out that blogging works. This is now the fucking, this is our content. We're just going to crank out content when in reality, you know, you need to be thinking about what the next curve is because that's already beat now. I talk a lot about TikTok, but like, TikTok is one of those places that nobody wants to do it because there's higher barriers to entry. You have to create video. Mm -hmm. You have to create different types of video. You got to do it a lot. You got to do it consistently. And that's why there's opportunity there because so many people are not going to do it. They're just not. <laughs> and that's where you have success on platforms when there's less creators and more eyeballs. Like there was on LinkedIn for a while. Nobody knew what to create there. They thought it was just a fucking, you know, business networking place. And then people started posting updates and creating content and figuring out the algorithm. And they were like, oh shit, like there's a lot of reach here. And it also happens to be B2B professionals on here. So it's very easy to get clients off here, but now there's more creators than there is attention. People don't use LinkedIn. Like they use Instagram and TikTok in terms of just like endless scrolling, you know, or even Twitter. So there's, there's less of an opportunity there. 
having confidence and conviction in what you're doing, especially if you're a marketer, like this is what you're selling. <laughs> you should be spending the time and energy to invest into some sort of marketing channel because it's only going to make your ability to sell what you're doing a hundred times easier. When it comes to investing in these marketing things, you have to go where the, where the white space is, even if like you think it may or may not work, that's probably the best place to be. You know, you know, who's crushing on LinkedIn right now is people like fitness trainers that work with like high powered executives and people in like the dudes in tech that care about fitness, but don't have time is such a very specific place. And there's like four guys that are like fitness influencers, I guess, but on LinkedIn. And it's like, yeah, that would make more sense to go on LinkedIn where your clients are versus going on Instagram where everybody's a fitness influencer. It's stuff like yeah. that where you're like, yeah. all right, cool. Like what is the wave? And maybe LinkedIn is a ripe wave for like talking about that, like relationship to work and stress. That's how I find like one of the coaches I work with. So the other thing I want to up the red flags thing, I'll share three of them that are like big red flags for me. And then I want to talk about kind of becoming an industry leader in your space. The first red flag for me is like, whenever I get on a sales call and somebody says we're already doing right, they're already smarter than me. And they're looking for some sort of secret, right? Like, well, what is the thing? Yeah, we're already doing content. We already produce content. We already do SEO. But like, what are you, I'm looking for the next level thing. Like, what is it? What is the thing that I don't know? And they're looking for some sort of secret. And the mistake there is they should be looking at what is like the Venn diagram overlap of my experience and your experience. Cause yeah, you're doing SEO, but you haven't seen what I've seen. So I'm going to have different tactics. I'm going to pull out of like the streetwear industry and e-commerce and all this other stuff. You might've been in B2B for 20 years. That's cool. I, I've got a different playbook than you. And it's not that it's a secret. It's just a different set of experiences. The second one for me is bureaucracy. Bureaucracy sucks for clients. I would almost rather work with the small under budget, but like we can get stuff done client then the just to start talking we got to you got to fill out a security thing and then we have a 27 page nda and then you have to do it like i went through that with one person i ended up canceling before we even started they hadn't signed the agreement yet and they had me spending like three hours getting onboarded i'm out that's a huge red flag for me and then the third one is just a hyper focus on minutia right they want to know and like the <laughs> out clauses they want to know the out clause from the start but the third one the hyper focus on minutia how what's the uh, show me the spreadsheet for the traffic projection tool i want to i want to dig into how you're calculating this show me like they just hyper focus on like the most wildly minute thing and it's like i don't that's not how i work and it's not who i want to work yeah. with so i feel like those are yeah. those for me are like we're probably not a fit a lot of the red flags that you just mentioned tie into the fact that you know exactly who your customer is, right? You didn't state that out in terms of like the revenue in terms of where they are, but those things tie into the company size and the company kind of mindset that you work the best with, right? You know who your customer is so well and everything that you create speaks to that. And it just trickles down into your red flags and expectations and, and kind of, you basically explain the client that you, that you work the best with through your red flags without saying, this is who I work with. When somebody comes to you and they're like, Hey, like, what am I not doing? It's like, I, I can't make up marketing tactics guy. Like <laughs> they are what they are, you know, like the channels are what they are. I'm not going to invent a new social network for you and, and exploit that. What are the secrets that I'm missing? It's like, there are no secrets. You're just not executing very well, you know, and I can point that out to you and I can help you execute it better. You know, there, even when it comes to like B2B SaaS or whatever it is that you're specializing in doing with SEO, you can't make up new tactics. <laughs> there are no hacks anymore. You know, really what so much of it just comes down to is that you're missing out on some fundamentals. I Hey there, real quick, Ryan here, founder of The Blueprint Training. 
If you are an agency, freelancer, or consultant, we have got the perfect community for you. Our Pro Slack community was built by agencies for agencies, and it is all about creating a network, a support system for fellow agencies and consultants to share knowledge, tips, tricks, templates, and get help from the community. We're here to help remove that anxiety from managing and dealing with clients. We're here to be your security blanket. So if you're interested in checking it out, all you got to do is go to the blueprint.training, hit the big old button that says pro community. That's it. Let's get back to the show. I think people look at the content that people are creating and the output and they're like, this isn't that good. I can do better than that. But it's like, yeah, you're not though. They are. They've been doing it for fucking five years while you've been sitting there just consuming and judging everyone's content instead of doing it yourself. What I'm focusing on now is just output. How can I create more of it? You know, I've got a good messaging. I can create good content. But how do I scale that? How do I execute it better? Because I'm not creating enough to really trigger these algorithms to give me the type of visibility that I feel like I deserve. Because I'm I'm victim to that too. I look at other people's YouTube channels and I'm like, dude, this sucks. But they got ten times the subscribers and view count that I do, and ten times the income that I do because of that. You know, and I can sit here and hate and throw stones at it all day, but they're just executing better than I am. They're yeah. putting more time and effort. And they've been consistent. You know, I look at like a, I think Neil Patel is really easy to take shots at. Right, his YouTube videos He's are fucking awful. Yeah. And but he's just. He's been putting out a YouTube video and he's been doing his daily podcast with Eric Sue and all this shit for like a decade. And you can't knock yeah. that consistency and that level of execution. Yeah. Is it E plus work? Yeah, kind of sometimes like it's pretty shitty, but like, it, again, like I can't throw stones at it because I haven't, I've done zero, like I've done F work you know, for all that time yeah. comparatively. So like, yeah, I agree. I, I want to talk. I think the red flags thing is really helpful because it's a thing that is going to save a lot of people that are listening to our podcast and a lot of members of Blueprint, like a lot of time and stress and sadness. I want to put this caveat on there. It's really easy for me and you to say like, here's the red flags, turn away these types of clients. I want to also live in the real world. If you need money, secure the bag. Like if you're starting out, you are going to take on some crappy clients where you are going to see the red flags, see them, note them, learn from them, still work with those clients. You still need money. So I'm not telling people to like be, you know, not pay their bills because the, the leads aren't great. I do want to talk, you know, getting to that place that we are at, you are at, I am at where you are a leader in your space. You are not the leader, but you are a leader in your space. I think that is extremely attainable for everybody listening and watching, like you can become the go-to in your industry. The bar is embarrassingly low. I want to talk to you, Ryan, what would your playbook be? Like, where would you start in terms of, all right, I have an agency. I have my positioning locked in. I've then created an offer that is a great fit for that positioning. Again, most people do that backwards. They make the offer first and then try to go see who wants to buy that. That's a mistake. And they have good yeah. like productization. Let's say they have that handled but now they're ready to take it up a notch, right? They've gone through sprints and stuff and they've figured those things out. Now they want to become the go-to leader in their industry. What I'm starting by rebuilding the messaging on the website. Completely, again, completely separate website, leaving the, the normal website as is. And it's not even for an SEO point of view, it's more of just a pure brand messaging point of view that when people come to our site, they know exactly what we do and who we do it for, right? Qualification more than anything. And then I've got education, which is going to be a written blog and videos, right? So that kind of ties into part two, which is, content. And that's really the main plan here. So I put together a massive content map of 
all the content that I feel like we need from, and again, this is much more of a topical point of view, not just like a keyword search point of view. So I started with just kind of a mind map, flushing out all the different problems that attorneys have when it comes to marketing. And these are things all the way from how to hire an agency to how to evaluate, you know, your, your marketing reporting. And then again, getting into more of the traditional keyword searches like lead generation for attorneys, stuff like that. Right. So I'm working on a content map for that. I just finished that. I hired a writer to do it. She's a little bit expensive. She's about $600 per page. But I'm just going to have her basically crank out all the content, just batch it out, end of the year investment, investing in like 30 pieces of written content for the website, all about attorney marketing, covering all the topics. I'm then now building a content map for videos, and I'm going to do the same thing for video. My goal is to record 30 videos about attorney marketing that we're going to get edited and schedule out and drip over to our YouTube channel and then cut those up as well for LinkedIn. LinkedIn is going to be another big thing. We're, we're going through this process where we're really, really refocusing our messaging to speak to one avatar. So what we're hoping is in six to 12 months after we've pushed this content out, after we've saturated the market, I know the, the, the question that you asked was how to become an industry leader. And this is a long way of window of saying is that this is how we're doing it. You know, I see an opportunity. We built like some very specific offers. We built like an attorney dashboard that pulls in everything in the data studio that we're going to be using for outbound. So we're going to be specifically targeting firms that have three or more locations. And we're going to be going to them being like, Hey, I see you're doing paid search. I also checked your Facebook ads library. It looks like you're doing Facebook ads library. I guarantee you that I can show you that you're, that you're missing out on money. So similar to what we're doing, the trap projection, but to breaking in with like SDRs doing that. And then just a ton of content. That's really, to me is, is you focus again, like on what are the core problems, the core topics that these are, our customer is searching for and our customer needs and is interested in. And then putting together a content map and then batching that content, creating it, and then spending the next six months distributing it. That's really, to me, that's really how you become a, an industry leader and you go all in on that, you know, and that's part of it too, is that my growth has been a lot slower than I think I would like it to be because I talk about so many things, but I have to, that's just like, I, I it's really difficult for me to just change my entire LinkedIn persona to be, to be just attorney marketing because I've got the blueprint. I've got my consulting company. I've got Weber's. I've got other things that I do as well. My socials and my platform, I'm looking at it from the long goal. Like I would much rather be viewed at, like I want to be the go-to marketing person in 10 years across the world. I want them to point at me, right? Not just for attorneys, not just for agencies, but marketing period. So what I'm also doing is I'm working on empowering my people to be that, that niche voice for me, right? It's difficult for me to really find that that niche, but I already know, man, if I, if I, if I would do that, one of my businesses would blow up, you know, for sure. Mm -hmm. But to me, that's how you become a thought leader. You, you pick a position, you create a thesis, right. And you create a shitload of content around that consistently. And you do it nonstop every, every single day. You need to create something. You need to post something. You need to publish something. You need to talk about something. You need to engage in something. And the other part of that too, is something I'm trying to do more now too, is engage on people's threads on LinkedIn and Twitter, you know, comment on them. So maybe they'll comment back on mine, um, you know, get, get active and involved showing the algorithm, what I want to see. And then hopefully it will push that back the other ways. Ryan, have you ever heard of industry dot? I have not. No. Okay, so Industry Drive is this wild thing. They were acquired for a half a billion dollars, reportedly. Essentially, Industry Dive, people can check them out, industrydive.com. I think they have 12 million readers, and they're basically newsletters. So they have Banking Dive, Construction Dive, Cybersecurity Dive, Biopharma Dive, like literally every, they have one for waste management. And they are like the go-to industry newsletter 
for that. And they are not, if you sign up for any of them, you'll see they are not super special, but they got really good at acquiring newsletter subscribers that are really high quality, that are buyers, and then they can run ads against those. But they have one yeah. for like payments, multifamily, multifamily dive for people that own multifamily like rentals. It's so specific. They have one about smart cities, transportation, su supply chain. It's wild. My point is, if they can get, a, they can build these newsletters for all these hyper-specific things and get sold for a half billion dollars, you can create content for a very specific positioning, right? Like exactly who you want to work with, and they, that you know there might be other bigger piece. You might, you know, I think I looked at what you said as like the phase one. I'm still on phase one. But second to that, like, then you get into the other interesting things of like, let's start a podcast for our industry. Let's be the go-to podcast for this industry. Let's be the go-to newsletter. Let's be the go-to community, like a true community, like our pro community and blueprint where like people just help each other. And we're just kind of there to support. I'm going to keep saying this because I want people to understand like the bar is extremely low. If you don't know it here, I'll throw this out there. If you feel like the bar is too high for the clients you serve to break in, Send me a DM on LinkedIn. Uh, if you're already in Blueprint, send me a DM in Slack and let me know who you're trying to work with. And I'll tell you the exact plan because the bar is really, yeah. really low for everybody. So I think that the this becoming an industry leader in your, it just takes like a dedication to really understanding who your customer or your client is. Like really understanding yeah. them, not just like what's going to happen. Like not just how to get, you know, for attorneys, it's really easy to be like, oh, I'll make a blog about how to get more clients as an attorney. Yeah. But what happens after they start getting more clients? What are the four things that are going to break? And then how do they fix those? And then what breaks yeah. next? If you can do that second and yeah. third order thinking and writing and content creation, all the attorneys in the world are like, get it. Like, you know, exactly what I'm going through. We're absolutely hiring you. Exactly. Look, if your agency is creating more stress than income, you're in the right place. First, make sure you're subscribed to our show so you get notified every week when we publish a new episode. But tell me, do any of these things sound familiar? You get a knot in your stomach every time a client asks a hard question. Are they going to leave? Are they going to cancel? Maybe no one in your life understands the pressure of being a leader. Maybe you want to get to $100,000 a month in revenue without sacrificing your entire personal life. Or maybe you just don't know how to get the big fish clients that you really want. Look, you already know you aren't alone. The hardest part of scaling my agency was not having anyone who was willing and qualified to help me when I needed it. That's why we created the Blueprint Pro community. Get access to a network of experts and agency owners who can answer your questions, give you advice, and share important industry news and insider secrets. Join us at the blueprint.training and click the Pro Community button at the top to apply.